Hello there, and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast, a show to encourage and empower creative CEOs just like yourself through actionable legal, tax, and financial topics. I'm Brayden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator, but you can just call me Brayden, your gay best friend, here to help you unfuck that biz. If you're ready to dive in, grab a notebook, maybe some coffee, and buckle in to learn how you can implement solid strategies to build a profitable business. Well, hello there, friend, and welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, we're digging into kind of a juicy, scary topic on back taxes. Now, I know this isn't going to apply to all of you because not all of us have back taxes, but I'm hoping you all still stick around because uh, it still might come in handy in the future. You just never know, Um, especially because believe it or not, the IRS does not get everything right. So even if you do everything totally right, it does not mean that you are never going to get hate mail from the IRS. Okay. So stick with me. This will be fun. I promise. Well, it'll be, it'll be as, as fun as fun as I can make a topic on back taxes. Now I had, if you're not familiar, I used to sell an online course called Unfuck Your Biz. Same name as this podcast. I actually launched them both at the same time. And the focus, while the focus was on a lot of the stuff I still do, forming your business, maintaining all of that stuff, we had a full module that was titled Unfuck It. And we covered back taxes and we covered business formation mistakes. I still get people that come to me all the time. People don't talk to me about back taxes as much as they used to. And I think it's because I'm not talking about it. I've learned, I've learned that when I talk about it, then people will open up and they say, yes, it's not something I like to talk about or admit, but I do have back taxes. So I haven't heard from anyone in a little while, but I'm expecting after this podcast episode, I will. What I do hear about often though is business formation mistakes. And that's something that I used to cover and still do cover in my program, Profit Rx. But we're going to focus on back taxes. So I took what was in that program and I started a new course. I created a new course called Unfuck Your Tax specific, right? So the tax portion. And this isn't something that you can get right now on its own. It's just one of our programs inside of Profit Rx. We have about eight or nine different courses inside of Profit Rx, along with all of our other resources. And don't worry if you're thinking about joining, you don't have to go through all of them. I give you a roadmap. You create your own roadmap. I call it your profit plan or your profit prescription to figure out where you need to start and what steps you need to go through. So this is a great thing about the membership. I can create all sorts of stuff uh, and everyone in the membership gets access to it. You can go through what's most helpful. So I took what was in Unfuck Your Biz to create Unfuck Your Tax. Sorry, lots of F of F-bombs today. And I expanded on it. I made it even more robust. So it's more helpful for those of you that do have back tax. So what I'm going to do for you in this episode is I'm going to read you some excerpts from the actual program textbook. So first things first, let's do a check-in on your current tax situation. How are you doing? I want you to put yourself in one of the following categories. I have a lot. There are uh, seven, seven categories. So one, I'm absolutely crushing it. That's category number one. Two, I'm doing pretty okay. Three, I'm paying quarterly taxes and keeping my books up to date, but my systems could likely be improved. I think a lot of people are going to fall into three and four. So that was three. Four, I'm not paying quarterly taxes, but I have filed on time each year and don't owe any back taxes. Five, my tax filings are up to date and I'm on a payment plan for back taxes I already have. 
So that's five. Six, my tax filings are up to date. I owe back taxes and I currently don't have a solid plan for them. And then seven is I'm behind on my tax filings, meaning you haven't done your tax returns yet. So you don't really even know if you owe. So those are our seven categories. Unfuck your tax is designed for those people who answered five, six, or seven. If you answered one through four, you probably don't need to go through by bonus program. You probably don't need to go through unfuck your tax unless you just really love learning, in which case, you know, listen to this episode and go take the course. If you answer number five, uh, you will need to quickly, I would encourage you to quickly go through unfuck your tax, like skim it, and then see if you're already on the right track with your back tax. Because option five was the one where you said you already are on a plan for your back taxes. If you answered six, then uh, the new program will be your new best friend because your goal or the goal in the program is to help you with your back taxes. And if you're number seven and you're in my membership, then you would want to skim through the course, then go through my taxes and playbook, file your tax returns. And then if you ended up with a balance, you would come back to unfuck your tax. So that's kind of our intro to the program. The roadmap, the course required me to exercise some self-restraint, which was kind of tough because believe it or not, I wanted to write like a full-on textbook exploring the nooks and crannies of the IRS inner workings and procedures, which is odd since I literally could not care less when I took federal tax procedure in my master's program. The issue is that the IRS already did the work for us and surprisingly, their information is so thorough and well-organized that I thought I'd only complicate things if I came up with my own system. Instead, I will use their framework in the program and on this podcast and only write and explain my own content when I think it adds to the conversation. When I first found this roadmap, I shared a screenshot on Instagram stories and joked that someone at the IRS thought our taxes are super complicated. This should clear things up. And then we have the image and it's like one of the most complex flowcharts I've ever seen in my entire life. We'll put a link to this image in the show notes. And I send a weekly email to promote these podcast episodes as well. I'll make sure that we put the photo in the email. But all jokes aside, the roadmap is quite handy. If you go to the URL, we'll put the URL in the show notes also. You can see how dynamic it is. You can zoom into different areas, different sections, look up close. Uh, most of the steps, so there's steps all over this flowchart. It actually looks like a subway map, if you can kind of picture that, but with different interchanges all over the place. And each of these, what to me looks like what would be a stop on like a metro line, uh, they're clickable. And it will expand with more detailed information. So that's super cool. You can zoom in, you click on it, you get more information, and then it will redirect you to another page with all the info. So this could, for example, show where in the labyrinth you are in the IRS system and how long you potentially have before they would levy your bank account. Now, to give you an example, if you got, like, if you got a letter from the IRS like a CP a letter titled CP501. You can come to this link and type that in the search box. And then it would show you where in the map that letter falls. So, you know, have they already sent me other stuff that I didn't get? Am I in collections? Am I under audit? Where do I fall? That's very important. And then you can click on it and it will tell you more about the letter and if and how you should respond to it. Now, if you're a map lover like me, you might want to take some time to zoom around the roadmap. If it's a little overwhelming, no problem, because I've summarized it with a simpler map of my own and an explanation. And I'll put an image to this. We'll put an image to this in our show notes as well. 
but you're to just briefly explain it. First, you prepare your tax return and then it gets processed. Okay. So preparation processing, and then if it's good to go, if you get a refund and they process it and there's no issues, you get your refund. And if you owe money and they process it and there's no issues and you pay them into the, like that's end of the story. All right. Nothing, nothing's going on. If something pops up where in processing, where there's like, there's something funky going on here, you can either go straight to collection or to exam. Those are two different, uh, we'll call them offices in the IRS. I don't know, like when they share office buildings, doesn't matter, but we'll call them offices. So collection is where you would be sent if they had something that was like very automated. So an example of that would be someone issued you a 1099 and they have that in your computer system and you did not report it. They would just issue you a letter that says you didn't report this 1099. We're estimating your additional tax owed to be X amount. It goes to collection and they try to collect the money. If you did something on your return that looks fishy and they want to look into it, that's where you go to exam. And exam is another word for audit. There are three different types of audits you can go under um, in basically levels of seriousness. The first is just called a correspondence audit, which is like back and forth letter, letters you have to send. Another would be an office visit or yeah, where you visit their office. Uh, it's not really the worst. The most serious is when they're going to do a field audit, which means they're going to come to your office or your home. You do not want an RS, IRS agent in your home. Luckily, that only tends to happen in more serious cases. Okay. So you go through the exam and if they determine like on audit, that let's say you took a deduction that you weren't allowed to take and they disallow it, then they would say you owe us X amount of tax and they'd send you to collection. If you agree with them, but you don't pay them right away, they'd send you to collection. If you don't agree with them, you can appeal it. All right. Now they can choose to accept your appeal or not. If they don't accept your appeal, you can file a suit in tax court or they could accept your appeal. And then again, if you agree an appeal, but you don't pay, you go to collection. Uh, if you don't agree an appeal, then you can again, file a tax court case. And then if in tax court, you end up owing money back to collection. So collection ends up being in the middle of this chart. That's why I think their flow chart's so confusing because everything kind of swirls around it. So that is our broad roadmap. Now in Unfuck Your Tax, I organize the course uh, based on this process. So we start by digging into preparation, processing, and exam. And then I have a really preparation and processing is the, the next lesson. And then the following lesson is exam and appeal. So if you ever do get audited and you need some help with that, I have material to help you. And then the last lesson, uh, the last two lessons really deal with collections. And that's the most important part, excuse me, because a lot of us, a lot of us are not going to end up being audited, but we might end up going through collection if we are not saving and paying quarterly taxes, all this kind of stuff. So I'm not going to go through the full collection lesson, but I'm going to give you a brief overview by kind of reading portions of the text on some of the different collection options. Now, your first option, or not really your first option, but one option is called an offer and compromise, which is something that allows you to pay less than the total tax you owe in installments. There are income qualifications for this type of relief. If the OIC is accepted, you must meet certain obligations to eventually dissolve the debt, like meeting future filing and payment deadlines. So if you've ever heard any of those ads that say something like, do you owe the IRS thousands of dollars? We can help make your tax debts disappear. 
something like that. These ads often speak for companies in the business of helping taxpayers through the process of applying for an offer and compromise. When you apply, it's helpful to remember that the agent looking at the application works for the federal or state government. As such, their job is to analyze the best interest of their agency, and their goal is to collect as much as they reasonably can. Therefore, in assessing an OIC, the agent will ask whether the amount offered is the most the agency can expect to collect from the taxpayer within a reasonable time. An OIC application is a bit cumbersome. It asks for potential income sources and expenses, as well as verification of those. Uh, the applicable agency compares income and expenses to determine how much is left over each month to pay the taxes due. If you have assets, they might require you to liquidate those. In short, without getting into all the details on the OIC, this is what you would want to do if you have, if you owe like maybe a chunk of, like a good chunk of tax debt but really you don't have, like you just don't have money, right? So your monthly overhead is more than your expenses. So those of us, like those of you that can afford to make a monthly payment towards back tax, even if it's not a lot, you probably won't qualify for an OIC. But if you think you could qualify, it's something that's really worth looking into because we've had, I mean, when I used to volunteer at the low-income taxpayer clinic, we would have people with tens of thousands of dollars in tax debt and we'd settle it for 500 bucks and they'd pay, you know, like $50 a month or whatever. So really, really awesome form of tax relief for those who qualify. There's also currently non-collectible, which is asking for financial hardship. If you can't uh, make any tax payments right now and they're trying to collect from you. Bankruptcy is always an option. I'm not a bankruptcy attorney and bankruptcy is very serious. So I don't even really like to talk about it that much. Um, but it is an option if you have a lot of different financial issues happening. Talk to a bankruptcy attorney for more info. Innocent spouse relief. Again, we're just bullet pointing some bullet pointing some different things the IRS has happening. This is something you can get if you uh, want to claim that your tax issues are your spouse's fault. And I don't just mean like my spouse makes more than me, so it's their tax responsibility. This typically... Um, innocent spouse relief is typically only granted in circumstances of abuse. So areas where you are restricted from the finances. So I've seen this happen where there were uh, an individual in a marriage where they did not have access to any of the finances. The spouse gave the person a very limited amount of money to do family grocery shopping, and they had no idea how much the spouse was making, what was going on. The spouse could be like laundering money, whatever. Um, but usually getting innocent spouse relief is coupled with um, physical, emotional, or financial abuse of some sort. It's essentially to help you kind of get out of that uh, situation and not be saddled with the debt from another person. So I maybe I'm talking about that in a little extreme, more extreme terms than is warranted. Um, it might be available in less extreme circumstances, but uh, it's not just something you can like flippantly apply for uh, if you, your other self-employed spouse, like didn't pay their quarterly taxes, for example, an installment agreement is going to be your most, the most common option that you can get. And this is because the IRS generally is going to allow us to pay our tax debt in installments. Okay. There are some caveats to this. If you have like over, I think over $50,000, it's more difficult to get, uh, some other nuances as well, but 
what you want to do, I have inside of Unfuck Your Tax, I have something I call the Back Tax Strategy Guide, and it's determining how much you can afford to pay towards back taxes. And it's a little bit more nuanced than just like, how much money do I have? And throw that to it. I like to really emphasize the importance of focusing on current taxes, meaning, yes, we have to pay the back tax. But it's very important that we're also saving for current taxes because we what we don't want to do is we don't want to take all your discretionary income to pay it towards the back tax and not pay your current year taxes. So the next year we have to do another installment agreement. And usually if you're making more money every year, that ends up being more and more and more and it kind of piles on. So instead we want to look at, you know, if I need to be saving, let's say $1,000 a month for taxes and I only have... $1,300 in discretionary income after all my expenses, then we're going to save $1,000 for current taxes. And the other 300 is what's going to be going towards your back tax. And that helps you cut off this, I call it the oh shit cycle of back tax. So this is something to keep in mind. Again, this is what I teach inside of the program. There's a lot more that goes into back tax as well. Um, this is really just to get us started, get us thinking about it. Uh, if you have any friends that are dealing with back tax, you, there's probably a good chance you wouldn't know about it because a lot of people have back tax issues. They just don't talk about it. But if you happen to know that that is the case, send them over to this podcast episode. That's a good starting point. And just know that, um, again, shameless self-promotion, but that's kind of the, the point of the show. <laughs> uh, just know that this is one of many programs available to you in ProfitRx. So my goal is to create highly useful, valuable educational content that would be difficult to get otherwise, because again, most of us can't afford to have a bookkeeper, an accountant, a CFO, a contract attorney, a trademark attorney, a tax attorney who would be helping you with all this. These, these are all different things. So instead uh, in ProfitRx, my goal is to give you all of the basics and a lot of the stuff you can do on your own. And then I'm going to advise on, on when you need to pay when you need to pay for an expert. So if you had criminal tax issues, you need a tax attorney. If you're over a certain threshold, you need a tax attorney, other stuff you can do on your own. So that's it. That's it for today's episode. Um, if you have any questions, if you have back tax questions, please feel free to DM me. Now, I typically don't answer like personal one-on-one -on -one questions via DM, okay? This is a little bit of a nuance. But if you're like, hey, Brayden, this is what I'm dealing with. Will this program help me? I'm happy to answer those questions. Uh, or if your question is like, should I get an attorney? Should I join your program? Happy to answer those questions as well. Posted my Facebook group, Brayden's Besties. You're always welcome to do that. Uh, if you like the episode, give it a review. Super helpful. Share on your Instagram stories. I always appreciate that. Give me a tag. I would love to chat with you. And thanks for tuning in. I'll be back in your podcast app next Thursday. Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.